0: Oh, 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 oh Oh, 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 oh Oh, 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 oh I began to feel so drunk Candle, candle on my clock Oh Lord, I must have heard you knock me out of bed As the flames licked my head And my lungs filled up black in that tiny little shack It was real and I repent All those messages you sent Clear as day but in the night I couldn't get it right Here is a church, and here is a steeple. Open the doors, there are the people. And all their little hearts at ease. For another week's disease. An eagle, eagle, towel and scream. I. ado sands down my throat Upon a spit. Oh, Reverend, please, can I chew your ear? I've become what I most fear, and I know there's no such thing as ghosts, but I have seen the demon host.
1: Stuff said, a cartoonist's unique and distinct conversations with people in comics, cartooning, and beyond. So I rejected my own ink exam. Comics was booming! It was all hands on deck. You were going to be a cop. I was going to
0: be a cop. I would have been a damn good cop.
1: It's almost like if you watched The Little Mermaid, and then you had to interview Ariel. Right.
0: The storyboarding so complex. There's, there's
1: always room for exploration and, and growth. Everybody started a webcomic in 2000 i wasn't as good as i thought i was oh yeah i like to be on the side of righteousness i, I just dwell on these things and sure. the only healthy way to unleash that is if i turn it into something positive like a comic
0: i'm just the guy sitting there pissing on the on the fence seeing if he's gonna get this pecker stuff, <laughs> zap. Said, stuff, said. stuff said a unique podcast available at stuffsaidshow.com and iTunes.
1: You're listening to Inkstead. So my guest this week is Stephen Collins. Uh, his new book is the Gigantic Beard That Was Evil, um, as well as his uh, other book, uh, Some Comics from Jonathan Cape in the UK. Um, Stephen's currently in America, and it's uh, very late for him on UK <laughs> time. He,
2: he uh, yeah, if I start talking complete rubbish, it's because because I've, I've I've done that kind of long haul flight thing where. Previous day seems like a completely different country, and you're sort of <laughs> thinking, was I re- was that yesterday? Let's see, last week, you know.
1: How long is the flight from uh, from London to New York?
2: I had to get. I did a talk last night in Manchester, and so I had to go from Manchester, which meant I had to go via you know various range connections, oh, and so it ended up being like a half hours or something.
1: Oh, that's um, like how long the flight is, almost from Vancouver to London. <laughs>
2: Exactly, <laughs> yeah, it's kind of it was quite a long time. but you know, I'm I'm not complaining. I've never been to New York for, before, so it's extremely exciting for me. I've been to the States before but I've never been to New York. It's a big omission on a thirty four year old man's travelling list, you know, so it's good to it's good to finally get to come here.
1: Well, thank you for uh taking time out of your uh your first evening in New York. Uh thank I really you. appreciate it. I hope uh I hope not keeping you away from any Excitement?
2: No, 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 not at all. Don't worry about it. It's, it's very good to talking to you. Now, um,
1: one of the things I was thinking about with with your latest, or with the the gigantic beard, or um, is um, kind of the stylistic differences between that and your other work. And I kind of feel like the, you're coming from a lot of different places. So I'm curious about how that works with you um, and your influences. Um, that are coming into your work,
2: um, yeah. There's a lot of different influences with it, really. Um, certainly, the stylistic difference. The 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 um, difference I think you're referring to is is uh, that my that the gigantic beard was done in pencil and had this kind of soft dark tone to it, and um, mm-hmm. that was that was a deliberate choice, really, because I wanted it to. I wanted it to look as dark and moody and half lit as possible because it's the premise is you know it, it's to do with a a guy who's basically a kind of non-entity cipher character who lives on a island called Here, which is an extremely tidy island with not a hair out of place, and then one day the chaos of the universe decides randomly to invade this island and upset everything and it, it invades it via his this guy Dave's face um, in the form of a gigantic beard that that kind of disorders everything and ruins ruins things and causes a lot of trouble um, so the premise you know could you know I was quite aware from the start that I that the premise could be like super wacky if I did it in a straight comics style so and that wasn't what I wanted I wanted it to be as, as as dark as possible really so I did this pencil tone thing which was just an experiment um, not something I'd ever done before not something I don't think I'll ever do it again really because doing comics in pencil is is really really very time consuming and you know you've got a lot of tone and you you get you you start perhaps you know hatching a bit too much you know that can be a bit of a, bit of a problem <laughs> if you go down the cross hatching road then Things can end up looking a bit kind of adolescent if you <laughs> if you cross out too much. Um, but yeah, so I kind of um, that was a bit of an experiment for me, and I think it I think it worked for that story. But I didn't. I I I'm not I'm not somebody that like really wants to pursue that particular look a lot. Did this book come out of? Um
1: a particular want to, like, challenge yourself in a different
2: way? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, I was trying to do as many things as I could that I felt a little bit uncomfortable with. Ooh. When I started off... I mean, the whole thing's written in rhyme, which which was a problem. I didn't <laughs> I even off, notice that. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I started off writing it and, it, and the first line that I wrote rhymed which is the first line of the book. And and then I thought, yeah, that sounds really good. And then I wrote a bit more and I thought, yeah, this is sounding okay. And then I realised that I was going to have to write an entire graphic novel in rhyme. And that became a kind of experiment with, like, how can I make each page kind of sing a bit, you know, for want of a better word, and how can I um, incorporate, like, the sound effects into the rhyme scheme and have a narrative voiceover that, rhymed with the dialogue and so this is all stuff like that i hadn't seen anybody else do specifically and i thought it would be fun to give it a go so there was lots of lots of challenging myself and setting these little personal targets for trying to trying to do something that i thought might might end up quite interesting
1: it it's funny because it's not something i noticed Um, which I think is kind of an interesting strength, because most of the time when I see stuff like that, it seems really forced. Mm, And it's kind of jarring, like it takes me out of trying to read it, because I'm like stuck in this pattern, but I was just, reading the book was so, um... It flowed so easily.
2: Yeah, thank you. I mean, that was it's really nice to hear you say that, because I was like, desperate to not have it sounding like total doggerel. You know... (laughs) Um I wanted it to have a sort of a free verse quality rather than a there's no real rhyme scheme in it or anything it's just you know the rhymes kind of help um, sort of help shape the design of the page a lot the design of the the narrative there's a lot of i mean i was I'm never really super comfortable with heavy voice over narration but I kind of deliberately tried to do a story which had quite a lot of, in fact almost dominated by voice over narration, like a sort of third person thing, almost like you'd have in a prose story, Um, which, you know, is a bit, it's quite tricky to make that work in a comic, so I wanted to see if it, I just wanted to see, you know, I just wanted to see if these things would work. and uh, it became it did become very difficult to make it work but i think i think it worked in the end
1: i think so <laughs> um <laughs> now i was one thing i was curious was your kind of background would, um were you always like predominantly going to go into cartooning or was illustration something because you also do illustration
2: um, yeah um like from the age of like nine till probably the age of like 12 I was definitely going to go into cartooning that was like my Gary Larson Asterix phase and then like most people I kind of totally forgot about it until I was in my 20s and um, then it suddenly by, by that point I'd become an illustrator through a weird kind of detour into amateur journalism and being a researcher at a newspaper in in London, um, and I, I'd I'd, re- I'd sort of come back to what I knew. I I knew illustration. I knew how I just knew how to do it, kind of instinctively. Um, and I found that I was an illustrator. But I I'd, wh- once I started illustrating, I'd kind of lost the fun of writing, and I I missed it. And then my friend Tom Humberstone, who's who's a great cartoonist. Uh, London cartoonist. He's um he he uh introduced me to Chris Ware and he said, you know, you're probably gonna like this and that kind of changed my life a bit. That <laughs> completely completely spun me around and I was like, Ah, yeah, right, I could do that. I well, I nobody can do what he does, but you know, I'd like to do, you know, something in that kind of world. Um and uh yeah I haven't haven't really looked back since.
1: <laughs> so you don't have any um
2: education
1: in art?
2: No, well, not beyond school. Um like high school. So I, I, no, I I studied um English and philosophy at university. Okay. And then it's, I always thought that the art would be something that I could come back to and you know that that turned out to be true actually which is quite I'm really pleased about because I I'd, I'd hate to have lost it what was the type of work you were doing um in the research and journalism um I was a researcher at the Times newspaper in London um I was kind of a sort of editorial dog's body on the features section um, they were very, they very... I was a sort of work experience there and they kind of kept me on because I was useful and I, I had a nice phone manner when <laughs> when sort of phoning up people doing ring round interviews trying to get them to tell me what their favourite, you know, colour of socks was for like some box to go in the corner of the features section. Yeah. Um, and so it was uh, very...
1: Sorry? It wasn't very creatively... Gratifying.
2: Well, you know, I mean, it was really because they they were they were great. I'm kind of bit, you know being sarcastic about it, but it was they were they were very good to me in a way because they they I I, I said, can I do some illustrations? I said to my editor at the Times, can I do some illustrations because I'm here, <laughs> I can do it. You 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 know you you don't need to look too far to commission an illustrator and she was like yeah okay whatever um and so i ended up like just doing bits of illustration around the newspaper which was how i kind of really got confident with it and then realized i was a lot better at that than i was at journalism so i just you know let the journalism sort of wither a bit um you know
1: sounds like you found the direction you want to go into
2: yeah absolutely yeah i mean that was about two thousand and three so i've been i've been a full time illustrator since two thousand three yeah oh wow that's awesome it's um, a great it's a great job I'd recommend it to anyone that that loves drawing and do more it's more possible than people think you know like so many great talented young illustrators are really scared of going into illustration because people tell them oh it's you know it's, that's a dream that's a pipe dream you know it's that's it's all too competitive but it's so doable i mean if your work if your if your work's good um then you know it's do it, it it's unique in that it, your work advertises itself you're like creating imagery which advertises you as a brand, and people even let you sign in the corner of it and stuff. Sorry, I'm going on a bit of a tangent, but I was just sort of saying, you know, go into illustration, people. It's really great.
1: Now, is... Um, I just think about the the, the beard and comparisons um, with the illustration. Do you, do you find your illustration connects with the artwork? Do you feel connected to that way, or do you kind of view that Separately
2: from doing your personal creative work. Oh right. Um. Now it collects a lot. It connects like totally, quite quite seamlessly now. I'd say my illustration style is basically the same as my cartooning style. When I was writing, gigantic beard, which is you know getting on for three four years ago now, mm-hmm. the pencil thing was some, was 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 an interesting, you know, diversion from my normal style. I mean you know, the, the thing about style is you don't really intend it, it's like I mean, what I'm talking about is is techniques really, rather than style um, it's like pencil and pencil as opposed to ink I just usually use ink um, but uh, yeah, It's sorry I've, I've lost your question
1: <laughs> Oh, no, that's okay, uh, I, I think you kind of worked into we're talking about the differences um, or not even the difference, but kind of is there demarcation between your illustration work and your creative work and it sounds like they kind of blend.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean I sort of see the illustration work as as, you know, part and parcel of the creative work. I mean it's lovely, you know, doing illustration. You get you get such a normal like it's it's I mean, I wouldn't say it's easy, but compared to comics it is it's so much more doable when somebody gives you a brief and says you know i need this one one drawing in a week's time and then you you get to really focus on the imagery and stuff i think if i didn't have the illustration then then it 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 keeps your um it keeps the image imagery part of your brain alive rather than the writing part and keeps you focusing on on just the technical like details of how to make the images look nice um
1: do you kind of carefully select the the stuff you work on then? Um, or is
2: What, you mean illustration-wise?
1: Yeah, your illustration gig's like...
2: Oh no, no, I'm not I'm not so in demand that I can be super picky and cheesy <laughs> uh, kind of, If somebody wants me to draw something for them, providing it's not like tattoos or some horrible gig where you have to go to some office and draw caricatures of the entire board um that 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 sort of stuff I turned down, but um uh yeah. although I'd like to do a tattoo actually i'll I'll tattoo somebody if they want want to let me have a go, <laughs>
1: <laughs> just a big beard, <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, underneath a beard, maybe yeah, there we go mm. um
1: now the you may have heard this before, one of the things I thought about when reading uh the beard was um. Chester Brown's story the uh man who
2: couldn't stop going. Uh I don't know it to be honest but what I know Chester Brown but I don't know that particular story.
1: It's uh it's in Ed the Happy Clown. It's a it's a kind of a it was originally a short story and then it kind of got interwoven with those stuff about a man who couldn't stop going to the bathroom and it turned out his oh, right. butt was a porthole. From an alternate dimension.
2: Oh Jesus! Right, God, that <laughs> sounds a bit similar. <laughs> Sorry, Chester. Uh, I, hope sh- I, hope I haven't uh, stepped on any copyright toes. <laughs> uh, well, the,
1: the thing I was gonna say is it's interesting is because, um, the they're very different though, very different takes. Where with mm. his, I mean, it's it's basically a extremely extended bathroom joke. Right, um, yeah. But but your work, um. It's less about the um, the mystery and the comedy of it, and more about I guess it's like there's a s- the weird kind of pseudo sadness, but resolving from the beard experience.
2: Yeah, yeah. I like, mean, I did I I very deliberately what, what, another experiment that I was trying to do with this book, which was um, make like this kind of apparently very I don't you, you know, kind of jolly sort of like um little book of beards type book, you know, like buy this for your bearded friend, da 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 da. You know, you know you know that you see those books around. Yeah. I wanted it to kind of look like that on the surface but actually all all be about death and misery and um and uh ignorance and things like that. Um, so I wanted to kind of I wanted to see if I could make a depressing funny book <laughs> does that make sense?
1: <laughs> no it, it, it is um, and, and it's, that's kind of one of the, the charming or exciting things about it um, I don't know it's just I find myself pulled in by the characters and not necessarily like um, lulled by a depression in it
2: yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah. Oh, that's very good to hear. I'm glad. I'm glad that you had that response. Is it like, I, I, I didn't want it to be kind of. Um, I didn't want it to be super cheerful by the time you finish it. I didn't want it to be kind of all wrapped up and stuff. Like it's not uh, twee. No, that was the, That's the word I'm trying to. I'm, I'm skirting around. <laughs> I don't. I, I really didn't want. I mean, you know, with a with a with a title and a subject like this, you could easily fall into twee. But half. I spent two years kind of really kind of, you know, trying to trying to pull away from twee. So um, and I hope uh, you know it, when people read it, they'll they'll agree. <laughs> its not wearing a
1: charming sweater and
2: <laughs> yeah you know i mean doing doing stuff about you know uh, a a a gigantic beard could could end up being a little bit a little bit cute but um yeah i mean you'll i, I hope if you read it you'll be you know bummed out by the end <laughs> <laughs> in a good way in a good yeah. way I should I should add for so so my publishers.
1: I don't I don't even know if I'd agree that like I I wasn't particularly bummed out. I felt like kind of resolved in a way
2: mm. with the story. Um, it's, it, it's tricky with stories, right? Like yeah. this is what I found when I was like working on the plot. The whole the whole book is without wanting to to say what it's about. There is a there is a definite theme about stories and storytelling and how. How kind of artificial it is, and that that theme just sort of emerged as I was write, trying to write a plot that didn't didn't come didn't didn't feel totally trite and artificial and made up um and so you know I, I it's difficult to make something that feels resolved but is unresolved enough to be interesting. Um, that's that's quite tricky and especially with comics that's a that's a slight problem with comics as well because it's like you've got your words you've got your pictures and you need to carve out a bit of imaginative response space for the reader to use some really pretentious English student uh, terminology there but you know you kind of like you've you got to have that, that bit which the reader can't Quite get, and maybe that you you don't really understand as a, as a writer, you know. I li- I really like stories that 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 read as if um, the writer is trying to work something out themselves and trying to find something out themselves, and um, you don't want everything sewn up too much. Mm-hmm. And comics is such a kind of uh, controlled medium that. Um, it's like, you, it's very easy to sew everything up when you can say everything and you can show everything, it's really easy to sew everything up and make everything clear. And I was really keen not to make everything too clear by the end. And some some people who've read it to their kids often say, so uh, <laughs> what actually happens at the end? Because my, my daughter was really uh, annoyed. <laughs> <laughs> She doesn't understand. So, so tell me what happens, and I'll tell her, and then she she can go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: they're just gonna have to keep wondering.
2: Exactly. Yeah. Oh, it's um, it's a funny thing.
1: <laughs> what it is? What is it about that song by the Bangles that really sticks out to you?
2: I don't know. You know? Why did I use that? Well, I know should that mention
1: to folks: there's one song by the Bangles which recurs throughout the whole
2: book. <laughs> There is one song, yeah. We uh, we paid we paid for the rights for that. Oh really? <laughs> yeah, Susanna Hoff is wearing gold plated uh gold <laughs> I was gold plated diapers from, from that Saturday night live sketch. But that sounds a bit slanderous to Susanna Hoff. Sorry, Mrs. Hoff. But um yeah, so like uh the yeah, there's a heavy heavy quoting of Eternal Flame by the Bangles. Throughout the book, I don't really know why. I think I just wanted it. It just it just seemed to work as a joke, basically. Not not that that song is a joke. It's very you know it's a, it's a pop classic, but um, it the, the character Dave, the main character, it obsessively listens to this song, and I just like the idea of somebody that really wanted to keep control of their life. So much that they ended up listening to the same song again and again and again, you know
1: it's kind of a a sorrowful song too,
2: yeah, and it them. actually it, the decision to put it in there was really random, but it worked out quite well at the end as a as a sort of a a, a motif um so i was, so it, unfortunately for my publisher, it did end up essential to the story. So <laughs> <laughs> we couldn't. We couldn't take all this quoting out. I mean, at least it wasn't, you know, the Beatles. Uh, so it, it, it could have been more expensive for them. <laughs> um, did you have
1: a firm idea of what you wanted to do with the ending from the beginning, or
2: no? Not really. No. I mean, I had. I went through about five, five different endings. And this is once the drawing was underway, which was a problem, because, you know, I kept changing the ending as I was drawing the beginning, Mm -hmm. which is a bit like, I mean, that's a a bad way to build a thing, (laughs) (laughs) like anything, like a skyscraper or a bridge, you don't, you don't kind of start and then, you know, see how it's going to turn out, (laughs) you end up with a really bad bridge and lots of, lots of people drowning um but um now we no, we i um sort of sort of fudged the ending as i went along and i i think it worked quite well for that actually i i was quite pleased with how that turned out i'm not but it wasn't comfortable for me i'm not like one of these writers like chris ware or whoever who who kind of who finds out what the story's going to be as they 're drawing it on the page i d- I do like finding out what the writing's going to be as I draw on the page, and I think there's an interesting sort of feedback thing that goes on between the writing and the drawing as you're as you're making a comic which mm-hmm. which is really creatively interesting, but in terms of plot i I really need to get that nailed down before I start even writing um, so it was very uncomfortable for me to n- not have the ending in place when i already started it. And it meant a lot of revisions to the start of it, actually.
1: Um, are you going to try doing more long-form work like this, or...?
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm working on a long comic. I hesitate to say graphic novel, I'm still not entirely comfortable with the term graphic novel. You don't um, have to say know. it. <laughs> I'm becoming more comfortable with graphic novel, no- actually, because I, I quite like the idea of a comic that's kind of novelistic in scope. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm I I feel like that's not too pretentious a thing to aim for these days. You know, I mean, it's just a marketing term, isn't it? A graphic novel. Yeah. But um, yeah, no, I'm working on a long comic uh, about a kid, a sort of coming-of-age tale of a kid that. Lives and works in his father's creepy, strange, bad waxworks museum by the sea in England. Um, bad, I think bad bad waxworks museums are kind of a global thing. You have them in America as well. I think I heard a This American Life podcast about them once, um, and I was like, oh, we have those too. Um, and they just fascinate me, and just uh, it sort of chimes with my um, difficulties in getting people's likenesses right when I do portraits and caricature and stuff. So um, I, I'm just really interested in 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 bad waxworks. <laughs> so I started doing a whole long story about it. That's about two years off completion, um, which is a long time, but they do take a long time, these comics. Yep. That's I'm hoping to serialize it. I think I'll self-publish it and serialize bits of it. So as soon as there's a chunk of it that's finished, that's like publishable, I'll um I'll put it out as a shorter comic. I think.
1: Now, did you grow up by the sea?
2: No, no, I grew up in South London. Okay. In a, in a place called Penge.
1: Um, did you ever vacation or something? Because I'm curious about because you're saying about this story being by the sea. Yeah, you're and right. The yeah. beard is by is the it? sea.
2: There's a lot of sea. There's a there's an interesting yeah. I mean I I I'm aware that there's quite a bit of sea. I don't know why that is. I think it's just really interesting. You know, peripheral. I mean, not to say that people that live by the sea lead peripheral lives in any way, but it's like it's just that sense of being at the edge of something. You know, um, I I find that quite interesting. I think, I think it, it's this is noticeable in England. You kind of you kind of have this. Sense when you get to the seaside that things are slightly different. I I yeah, that's kind
1: of I was going to say kind of along that line because I don't know. This is presumptively speaking because I haven't been to uh, England or the UK yet. Um, but it seems like the sea is really like vacation area. Like people go there. Um, yeah, and it's not really like where you know North America. Most of the big cities are on the ocean.
2: Yes, of course. Yeah. I mean, it's probably something to do with, you know, the landmass of America, I guess. Um, but yeah. um it's it's also to do with, you know, there's a complicated thing with the seaside the, the seaside in England. It's it had a boom in the Victorian times because of the railways. And so, you know, working-class people could suddenly go on holiday when the railways came along. And so you had all these grand Victorian towns that sprang up on by the sea especially in uh, in and around big cities like London and Manchester so you'd get you get these you got these very grand Victorian seaside towns but of course since package holidays to Europe became popular Mm -hmm. um, in the 70s and 80s um, these the English holiday the English people going on an English holiday has become a little bit kind of you know it's it's kind of old-fashioned a bit really i mean people obviously do go on holiday in england Uh, a lot of people do and you know plenty of seaside towns are really thriving but you see a lot of seaside towns which are kind of a bit peeling and a bit a bit salt blown a bit like kind of coney island looking you know Mm -hmm. and and so um which is a which visually is really beautiful it's fascinating it's Got this really interesting cultural like look, and it's an interesting cultural place. If you're if you're British, it's like it's, it's it occupies an interesting kind of imaginative place. You know what I mean? Um, so um, yeah, I think that's certainly with the second book. That's that's my take on the seaside and with, with the second book. Without being too critical or, or wanting to kind of caricature a seaside town, it's just that's that's the visual kind of attraction for me of the second book, mm-hmm. um, and uh, yeah, the guy the guy uh, lives by the sea in the first one as well. It's it's a danger though drawing drawing books about the sea because there's a Zadie Smith quote which is like, I might have been Zadie Smith, I can't remember who it was, but she's like, uh, whenever I I'm thinking about whether I want to read a book. I just go to the end of the book and look at the last few pages. And if the characters spend the last page looking out to sea, then I put it down. Because it's like, (laughs) you know, it's kind of such an obvious metaphor, isn't it? It's like, I I watched a film on the plane on the way over where the characters ended up, it was fine until the end, and then two characters ended up driving off into the distance at the end. I was like, oh, man such cliché. <laughs> so yeah, it's, with the sea, you've got to avoid clichés with the sea.
1: Now, you do stuff, is it for the Guardian that you've done yeah. here, Comic 64? Yeah
2: Yeah, um, yeah, the Guardian. Do, do people know about the Guardian over here? It's quite a sort of global brand, I suppose. Yeah, no, it's... it's lefty brand. It's
1: it's It's pretty respected over here. Cool. At well least among my circle.
2: That's good. That's good. It's really, yeah. Chris Ware's just started doing stuff in my magazine. Oh, wow. <laughs> I, say, I say my magazine like I own the place. <laughs> like Chris Ware's coming. Up. Yeah, it's kind of like I was doing. I was doing the. I was doing a comic in. I am doing a comic in the Guardian Weekend, and then this other cartoonist turns up. He's yeah. <laughs> uh, he's, he's doing this amazing thing at the back. He's serialising what looks like the next Acme. Um, uh, uh, in Guardian Weekend So it's very exciting I couldn't believe it It's like Like all my All my fanboy alarms Went off <laughs> When I saw that he was Contributing to the Guardian Weekend
1: Is it like Rusty Brown stuff or
2: Yeah I think it's part Of that world I don't know You'd have to ask him But um <laughs> it, loo- it looks like it's Part of the Rusty Brown Ongoing story I think
1: no, The the beard was originally Printed large Right or
2: Yes yeah, through, through kind of uh, my own lack of knowledge in publishing, um, the, the editor said to me, you know, how, how big would you like to make the book? And I'd been proofing it at A4 on my A4 printer at home. And I kind of went, oh, about, about that size? <laughs> and I didn't realise that A4 was actually a really weird size for a book. And it worked really well in the end. I was really pleased with it because it kind of the the Cape version um, was really large, and the pictures worked quite well. But I really like the American version as well because it's a lot more approachable, and you can fit it in your bag. And actually, when you look at something in a smaller size, you still get the you still get the sense of scope with it. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, they're, they're both they're both like really nice additions, I think. How big were you working
1: on your originals for this? And
2: for that book, they were A3 per page, so twice the size of the
1: of the little edition. Of the I British have. book,
2: yeah. So twice the size of the British book.
1: Oh wow! So they're quite quite big.
2: Yeah, and whenever I did a spread, it would be like an A2 sheet of paper. And if you can imagine, like cross hatching over an A2 sheet of paper for every spread, that was kind of crazy. I have but, no idea. Yeah, it was how... very satisfying. I got some nice pictures out of it at the end.
1: Because I know, like Renee French, uh, for her pencil work, she works quite small. Mm. Um, so it's, it sounds like a lot of yeah. work.
2: Yeah, I think that's a good. That's a good way to do it. Like, because you get the texture of the pencil strokes when you do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When you're working smaller. Yeah, when you're working small. Yeah, yeah. Whereas. I was working quite large with the pencil and, um, you know, partly because from a lack of skill, you know, I didn't, you know, if you work bigger, then you, it hides your mistakes more, you know, but um, yeah, it worked out, it ended up being a lot of work covering that much paper (laughs) with (laughs) pencils, especially when you want it to be as dark, and the whole thing was about this great big black beard, you know, so like, (laughs) there was so much pencilling to do
1: insane um no the comics you do for the um the guardian
2: what kind of stuff do you tend to cover with it um so the guardian stuff um it's available online so i think anybody internationally can s- can see my guardian stuff um but there's a lot of stuff in the book i should add that uh there's an awful lot of stuff in the book that isn't available online
1: in the jonathan
2: cape <laughs> collection the yeah comic. Uh, that's right yeah that's my call to purchase. Um no uh the the guardian stuff is a it's basically like a comedy sketch show which doesn't have any recurring characters. So every week I'll do a very super condensed comedy sketch in comic form and um my my self-imposed rule that I have about it is no recurring characters, different subject every week and preferably a, a subject that I've never done before. Um or at least, if I'm doing the same subject, then I have to do it in a very different way to what I've done before. Um, so, it's quite a challenge, actually. And there's also other self-imposed rules. Like, I want it to be kind of topical, but not so topical that it's, like... Dated. You know, like, really kind of on the news or whatever.
1: hmm um, Well, thank you for taking me the time uh, to chat with me today, Stephen. Thank, you. thank um, you. Reminder folks have been talking to Stephen Collins and his new book is The Gigantic Beard That Was Evil as well uh, as some comics um available in the UK. Um, but the beard you can get anywhere. Um, thank you so much Stephen and I hope thank you, you for have a, an enjoyable time in in New York.
3: Now usually I don't do this but uh go ahead on break them off with a little previews of the remix now i'm not trying to be rude but hey pretty girl i'm feeling you the way you do the things you do reminds me of my Lexus is cool that's why i'm all up in your grill trying to get you to a hotel you must be a football coach the way you got me playing the field so baby give me that and let me give you that Running her head through my fro Bouncing on 24s Why they say the radio It's the remix to Ignition Hot and fresh out the kitchen Mama rolling that body Got every man in here wishing Sipping on coke and rum I'm like, so what? I'm drunk It's the freaking weekend Baby, I'm about to have me some fun Bounce, 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 bounce Nice like murder. She rolled Once I get you out, them clothes. Privacy's on the dough but still they can hear you screaming mo. Girl, I'm feeling what you're feeling. No more hoping and wishing. I'm about to take my key and stick it in the ignition. So give me that. Let me give you that. Running her hands through my fro, bouncing on twenty Why they say i it the ready? It's the remix to ignition, hot and fresh out the kitchen. Mama, rolling that body got every man in here wishing. Sipping on coke and rum, I'm like, so what? I'm drunk. It's the freaking weekend, baby. I'm about to have me some fun. Crystal. Been in the stretch navigator, Catering. we got food everywhere well, as if the party was catered. Catering. We got fellas to my left, left. honeys on my right. My right. We bring them both together, we got juking all night. Then after the show it's the, ho- the party, yeah. then after the party is the hotel, hotel lobby. Yeah. Around about, oh, you gotta fill the lobby. Yeah. Then take it to your room and Somebody can I get a two-two? Can I get a Running her hands through my fro, yeah. bouncing on 24s. Come on, why they saying it radio? It's mixed remix to Ignition, hot and fresh out the kitchen. Mama ruling that body, got every man in here wishing. Sipping on coke and rum, I'm like, so what, I'm drunk. It's the freaking weekend, baby, I'm about to have some fun. Come it's a remix to Ignition, and hot man. and fresh out the kitchen. Yeah. Mama ruling that body, got every man and wishing Wish tripping on coke and rum. Yeah. i'm like the so water i'm drunk uh-huh. it's the freaking weekend maybe yeah. i'm about to have me some fun on, uh. Girl, we all in this cheap. all those